Good morning, good morning, it's such a beautiful day. Ah, uh, well, it's morning for me, I don't know if it's morning for you, but I hope you are all having a very pleasant day. Welcome to the Free Melon Podcast. My name is Eli Martyr, and today I wanted to quickly go over something that I talked about in the very, 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 very first episode on the Free Melon Society um, YouTube channel. Uh, and it has to do with beauty. Okay, and uh, we talked about this. This was part of the foundational uh, level course, the foundational training course on the uh, Free Melon Society. Uh, it's okay, it doesn't, it's, it's alright if you haven't seen that. I just wanted to touch on that for the sake of this podcast here today. It's, it's so funny because the way that uh, the propaganda-infused Western European modern-day culture has, has constructed it, they, they've, they've used this type of inversion technique to, con- to subvert the values the, the natural law and very often common sense values uh, that come inherent, congenital, with, with a human being, with natural intelligence. So in, in order to steer society in the way that they, that they want, in the manner of their choosing, what they do is they try to subvert many of the fundamental truths that uplift humanity okay so um, let me take an example from the artistic world for example they um, art used to be about a very skillful practice in representing a state of mind a an event uh, 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 an image a symbol and reproducing it skillfully uh, on a medium so as to most realistically portray that that same event in the mind on paper in physical reality so that you could see with your eyes or hear with your ears, okay? Now, I don't think anybody who lives in the modern world has recognized over the years how art seems to have turned from something that was very admirable uh, in terms of artistic works with you know pen paper ink and whatnot used to be very realistic very captivating very striking and art turned all of a sudden somehow turned into this type of abstract art where it was just nonsense (laughs) just garbage right riffraff and 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 the the culture comes after you and says tries to convince you oh no 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 this is art trust me no no this is art this is beautiful if you don't recognize it for art it's you that's the problem not necessarily the hodgepodge that the quote-unquote artist came up with because the artist just wants to make a buck or something or whatever i don't know what the motivations are okay um we've seen this with <laughs> sorry before i go on go on with that um, yeah, go just go to an art museum. Go to go to an abstract art museum. Uh, you'll see it. You'll 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 take a look at a piece of artwork, 
And your mind, because of the, the way that culture has taught you to respond, you, your mind or your, 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 the left brain of you, it'll say, oh yeah, this is art. Yeah, I guess I can see what's, you know, what's cool about it. But inside, the, the, the feeling, the striking feeling that you get when you look at some of these contemporary art pieces is oh, nonsense, right? That's what you want to say. That's what the innate feeling is. And often that is the correct feeling. But again, what culture tells us sometimes overrides the truth that we can innately sense. I remember watching some contemporary artistic dance. And, and I've been to lots of dance recitals. My cousin uh, was, a, was and is a uh, fantastic dancer. And when we were when we were kids, we'd go to her uh, when she was competing. We go to her dance recitals, and we would see wonderful dances, amazing dances. And you know, we'd go to musicals, go to plays, see, uh, go to. I've been to ballets and seen wonderful, beautiful dances, uh, art and skill fused into into one, into this amazing display of movement. And I remember. The last time I went to go see a, a ballet or, or, um, or a dance, it was in university and it was this, it was this contemporary, um, you know, contemporary dance thing. I don't, I don't know what to categorize it. You, you know how things work. People, uh, we like to categorize and classify thousands of different things, you know, just, I, I'm not sure how that works. Anyway, I saw it and honestly while I was watching the only thing that was that I could think of was laughter I was just laughing I'm like this is garbage I could I could do this with no training and and it's not it's not just that I could represent that it's not that I could do it it's just that there was an element that was missing there was the artistic element there was a beautistic is that even a word there was an element of beauty that was missing it seems to be more just a regurgitation of vile crass movements of of lower bestial type of erratic non-harmonic um non uh flowing non-eloquent movements and you, you, you can see that you, your senses just naturally convey this message to you about the outside world. You have an intelligence that is able to discern from the outside world through the vibratory frequency that that thing generates, whether that vibratory frequency is in line with that which is uh, harmonious or non-harmonious, discordant or in accord. So I'm sure you get the idea, and I'm sure if you live on planet Earth, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, you can even take it into the music world, okay? We're all familiar with this. Um, this is not going to be new information. Right now, this is not new information for anybody, which is good, because it's important that I always try to take these lectures step-by-step progression, and that we build on truths, and so that we can apply truths. Uh, we all, we've all noticed this in the music industry, okay? We've noticed that there's a deterioration of music. Look at rap music, hip hop music. Okay, it it came from somewhere, 
and where it is now is a far departure from where where it used to where from where it used to be from its origins okay music is crass discordant um there's that in the electronic world there's that jungle uh drum and bass type of music uh it and it's just a cacophony of of sounds right less harmony less harmony um not meaning to be offensive i definitely don't want to be offensive but if you listen to heavy metal or or heavy rock okay um unfortunately i I'm, i can only tell you the truth but this type of music was created by social engineers um, at the Stanford Research Institute and CIA, military intelligence, who would work with sound and uh, frequency, sound frequency technology, uh, beamed electronic frequency technology, all of these things in the you know 60s and 70s. And they decided that they were going to use uh, this discordant type of mind-numbing music uh, as an experiment to launch on the population to see if they could get them, to see if they could control them effectively in combination with drugs, with mind-altering drugs. So this is why rock and roll music was paired in the 60s counterculture movement uh, with um, drugs. How did I say it? This is why the drugs were paired with the music. Okay, so they 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 launched the two of them as this kind of new cultural um, union to fight the system. And, you know, and basically it was just a massive, massive experiment on the people to see how effectively they could be controlled, how, how effectively their minds could be controlled. So if you if you if you like heavy metal music, heavy metal, rock, the death metal thing, um, unfortunately, unfortunately. That is a form of mind, mind destroying control. Okay. And it has to do with energy and frequency. It's just, it's just how nature works. It's how the natural laws of harmony and rhythm work. If you listen to natural earth tones, it's healing. If you listen to discordant tones, subjected to discordant frequencies, Wi-Fi frequencies, except, uh, you know, all that stuff, then it, it is a health destroyer. Okay. Not my opinion, no one's opinion. You can either deal with the reality or or not. Now, because I deal a lot with health and wellness on the channel, I, I feel like one of the more insidious types of value reversals that is that is being uh, forced and foisted on the populations at large is this. Well, actually, no, I shouldn't even say at large because this seems to be just a Western thing, European and North American thing, is this idea of glorifying all body shapes and sizes regardless of how pathological, regardless of how overindulgent, regardless of how obese, morbidly obese, decrepit, whatever. It's not you with the problem it's the world around you that has a problem of acceptance of that which is morbidly obese pathological sickly heart disease inducing stroke inducing etc 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 
let me be very, very clear about it and just very blunt. Okay, I'm just going to be very, very blunt about this. The entire movement regarding fat shaming, regarding the plus size movement, the plus size modeling industry, the, the, the whole idea of your body is your body and it's beautiful regardless. It is, uh, and I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about subjective facial construction. I'm not talking about, you know, general individual preference. There's obviously a range of individual preference. There's obviously some people that like different body shapes and different sizes. Okay, and I'm not talking about that. What I am talking about that, uh, what I am talking about, excuse me, is how Mother Nature reflects the concept of beauty and and function and and adherence to natural principles it works those two things together so that we regard that which is beautiful as that which is good okay this is a very deliberate thing that nature does as you know you have the ability to look out into let's say a landscape and see beauty and see that which is aesthetically pleasing. You have the ability to look at a water droplet on a leaf, for example. Um, and, and when the water droplet has retained all of its water surface tension, it tends to form this very beautiful sphere. Okay, the sphere, which is the one of the fundamental shapes of nature. And I, I guess I could dare to say the fundamental shape of nature because it's perfect. Okay. So we have the ability to, to look at this water droplet on the leaf and the way that the mathematical harmonies strike our eyes and translate that information into vibrational information and electrical information that gets to our brain and then, and then is encoded in, in a certain way, it registers as beauty. And it registers as beauty because that water droplet is conforming to every single natural law that is right, that is correct, okay? It is not being interfered on or interfered upon by any other extraneous force that seeks to, to remove or divorce that water droplet's laws from that which is natural, okay? And thus, because it is right, because it is abiding by natural principles, it is beautiful. Do you, do you see what I mean by this? I hope you guys can understand that beauty and adherence to natural principle very often, very, very, very often go hand in hand. Even in the sense of death and decay, if you take a more macroscopic look, okay, a, a more um, extruded perspective on, on even things like death and decay. So if you've ever seen a time-lapse photography of a body, a dead body decomposing, yes, there is natural sensitivities in you, in your body. For example, if you were to walk, uh, if you were to stumble upon a, the, the body of a decomposing animal, for example, the smell might be bad, okay? The look might be a bit like, ew, ooh, that's nasty. There's a bit of repulsion there, okay? 
the repulsion it, it, the repulsion is what it's doing is it's incentivizing you not to go near or not to eat not to put into your mouth that which is rotting that's the repulsion aspect okay um because if again if you were designed to eat carcass for example you might find it attractive but you're not so so that's what nature is doing. It's incentivizing you to uh, avoid that which is um, dead and dying because it's in a state of recomposition. But if you ever watch a time-lapse photography of a body decomposing, it's actually quite beautiful. You're struck with this harmony of, my goodness, this living body that was once a, a, a form with thought and function and feeling, all of a sudden... It's just being reclaimed by nature in this beautiful way. And it's becoming one with the planet again. And it's a very, very, very beautiful process. Okay. So even that, even in the death and decay, there is an, an aspect of, of beauty. At a certain perspective. At a certain perspective. Okay. So with that long-winded lead-in. I suppose not long-winded. It was it was necessary. <laughs> Let me get to the heart of what I was, you know, what I'm trying to get across in this in this little podcast here. Is that when you take care of your body, when you look after the things that go into your body, when you take heed and take precaution about what you're drinking, what you're breathing, how you're sleeping, how you're eating and all of the necessary requisites of life and all paying attention to all the laws that govern vitality what you find is that more so and more so and more so beauty starts to be exemplary in your body all indulgences in in terms of diet are going to pack on that which is unnecessary in your body it's going to do it in your viscera it's going to do it in the subcutaneous fat. It's going to do it in the face. It's going to do it in the... It's going to do it everywhere. And all of these excesses, which are not necessary for life, are not contributing to your overall health and wellness or, or the higher functioning of your body. And thus, when you get rid of those things, when those things are cleansed and purified from the system to the outside world looking, looking in at, at your body, they see a greater reflection of the beauty principle because they're looking at a greater reflection of the health principle. And because health is determined by adherence to natural law, like we said earlier, that which tends to reflect a higher level of functioning in, in terms of natural law, right? Beauty starts to go hand in hand with it. Um, and we all know this. This is not anything that we, we don't know. How many of you out there have recognized that when a person loses a lot of their morbid weight, okay? A lot of their morbid obesity weight, they simply look better. They simply look healthier. How many people out there who have had skin disorders, heart troubles, uh, arthritis, rheumatoid arthritis, diabetes, um, uh, what do you call it, uh, UTIs, okay, gut troubles, 
inflammatory bowel um, uh, syndrome, any of these conditions, how much healthier do they look and feel after they heal, after they go on a, on a plant-based diet or any other kind of healing modality, which generally aligns with a plant-based um, diet. But they look and they feel better. They look and they feel more beautiful. You will see more beauty start to be exemplary in your body if you adhere to the principles of natural law in terms of diet and lifestyle. So when the world tells you that it is not correct, it is not correct to regard the morbidly obese as unhealthy, okay, they are lying to you. They are trying to divorce you from the natural sensitivities that, that echo truth, okay? They're trying to glorify that which is pathological and excessive and indulgent and, and make the new ideology one of normalcy in light of, in light of uh, obesity and, and morbidity because that's what the culture supports. Look at the food industry out there. Everything, everything in our culture supports death and decay and dying and, and, and excess and in, indulgence, okay, and selfishness. Because that's what the culture supports. So in order to support that, they have to convince you that that's normal. And it's not normal. It's not normal at all. It's not normal to be, to be fat and sick and obese, okay? It's not healthy. And if you, and if they can convince you that um, you are beautiful regardless of how unbeautiful you treat yourself, then uh, they've got you. You know, then they then then you get pathological a pathological race of humans running around believing that they are perfect, nothing wrong. And it's only the world that has to accept them. And that is a formula for destruction, self-destruction. I don't really care what the subjective opinions about that are. It, it just so happens to be the truth. It's not that it's my way, my word is, is true. That's not, that's not it. It's just that Mother Nature has deemed what is pathological and what is not. And all I'm doing is I'm harmonizing with that. And again, I, I do want to stress that there's no such thing as two bodies that are exactly the same. Every single body and body type differs to, um, uh, to a mild degree. Okay. However, what I will say is that there is a general range of variation a narrow band of variation within which health, highest health, is, is maintained and sustained. Beyond that narrow range, you start to get into that which is less life-sustaining, okay? And again, nobody needs any scientific convincing about this. You, no science needed. Look out into nature. Tell me if you see any other species with as much physical bodily variation in terms of how fat or how emaciated and skinny. Tell me if you see any of these wild variations in the natural world. You don't find it. 
you find that all animals conform to a very general body shape and body size. Yeah, there might be some that are a little bit bigger, a little bit smaller, but they all typically look very similar. Very, very similar in terms of their body shape. What you have to ask yourself is, why? Why do all animals living under natural conditions, eating what they're naturally supposed to eat all day, every day, from the time they're born to the time they die, why do they all look almost identical? Okay, you really have to ask yourself that, that question. And when you get to the answer, which I'm not gonna, not gonna tell you because it's, it's obvious, it's pretty intuitive, you'll realize something about the way that human beings have been led to interpret the sick culture that we, that we are living in right now. And the last thing I'm gonna do for this little episode is I'm gonna read you some excerpts from uh, a manual a, a, a hygiene manual called The Life Sciences by T.C. Fry. In this state of organic development lies the perfection and symmetry of beauty. Beauty is but a reflection, oh sorry, beauty is but the reflection of wholeness, of health. It is easy to demonstrate that the forms and proportions of humans and every animal and plant which are in their highest and most useful state are the most beautiful and therefore the most healthy. You see right there, um, readers aside, beauty and health go hand in hand. Okay. Continuing on. When every bone is of the best form and size for its service in the total organism, there is perfect proportion. When every muscle is fully and proportionally developed, with just enough of fat and the cellular tissues to round out the muscles, we have the highest beauty of form. When the texture of the skin is finest, when the circulation of the blood most vigorous, the blood well nourished and freed of all waste, there is the glow and charm of the finest complexion. The highest beauty is the expression of the highest health. Partial beauty, fading beauty, or decaying beauty, these are but expressions of partial, fading, or decaying health. When we suffer any impairment or impediment, we cannot be said to be in a state of health. We can be in a relatively high state of health, but to the extent we do not enjoy perfection of body function, we are not healthy. We live in a nation where disease is the norm of life, rather than a rarity. In taking up a health career, it is our duty to make health the norm and disease a relative rarity. I refer you to a text, uh, I refer you to text material included in this lesson for a fuller de uh, discussion of what health is. There in a, okay, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, uh, and that's the end of the excerpt, right? So actually, yeah, something I forgot to mention, uh, proportion. Proper proportion is also a reflection of health and beauty. Um, you, can, you know, the Fibonacci ratio, the golden ratio, uh, the ratio as exemplary in nature. You can find it all over the natural world. Uh, this is something that you can look up on your own. But if, if the term is unfamiliar to you, it's the end of the, the episode. I, I, I've run out, run out of time. But um, if the term golden ratio is unfamiliar to you, 
there you go, that's my gift to you. You just gained yourself <laughs> hours and hours and hours of super interesting study. So study the golden ratio instead of watching Netflix for the next little while. Okay. Anyhow, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening to me on this episode of the Free Melon Podcast. Hope you enjoyed. Hope you go out there and treat yourselves well. Bring yourself to the highest level of health, wellness, and in so doing, the highest level of beauty as well. Thank you, everyone. Love you. Take care. Bye-bye.